Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. special guests tonight don't we matt we do indeed we have we have a loaded cast tonight we have a we have a dynasty show for you coming up right now we have dynasty buys sells we're bringing back love them or list them we're talking dynasty startup etiquette we're talking about we're talking about all things dynasty in this episode and we couldn't have a better duo joining us we have jonathan lang joining us again and we have the pinnacle of promos the satire the satire savant i'm messing up this intro but i'm just gonna say it's the podfather himself matt kelly seth bring us in all right let's start the show and wow this is messed up but here we are the writer's round table uh thanks guys for joining us this evening really appreciate you stopping by all the names are wrong. Yeah, I, I'm I'm struggling with the overlay right now. So there we go. I think hey, we you got it. it. You got it right. I think we fixed it. I think we did it. Hey, live television. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Now it's perfect. Now it's good. All right. So live, that's, live there's a, television. It's yeah. fine. Oh yeah. So here we are. Um, about a month, three weeks away from the draft, and everybody's in their dynasty startups. And this has been dynasty startups, dynasty startups, dynasty startups, and we couldn't. Just judging by what we what I saw, what we all saw in the Sonic Truth, we could, we thought maybe it would be a good idea. You know, I'm a teacher. Like I like to teach people things. You know, I like to give people an opportunity to learn. You know, that's it's in my nature to to pro- provide knowledge for people. So we thought, who better to talk about dynasty etiquette tonight than the Podfather, Jonathan Lang, the Writers Roundtable? So when you're going into your dynasty league, your startup. Before you even draft, what things do you need to know, Matt? Well, uh, first of all, I think for most people, a dynasty startup is a really uh, heightened uh, sense of uh, importance because you're drafting these guys for their careers. Not many people are in that many dynasty leagues. I happen to be in a lot of dynasty leagues, so it's a little bit different. But I think the average person's in one or two dynasty leagues, and so the dynasty startup is a big event. It's a big deal. So I understand that some people get really jazzed up, and uh, you know they're, they, they 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 get that uh, uh, they get that syrup in them, you know, and uh, right. So the the adrenaline's pumping, and you, you you have to get in the chat and and make and and start talking. There's always a couple guys in the chat that are going to be yapping, and uh, it's understandable. It's it's totally understandable. It's just you might want to read the room. And see if you're in a league with a, a bunch of people that you know, or a bunch of people where you know they, they're in one or two startups, or they're in one or two dynasty leagues. Probably in that case, the uh, the chat's going to be hopping, and there's going to be a lot of trash talk. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. But if you're in a league where uh, 
all the guys are high volume players, it's kind of like a poker table, right? Where it's like, okay, this is a poker table that's on ESPN and no one says anything the entire time. There's no talking. It's silent the entire time. So that's more of a, a, what I end up finding myself in in this uh, the startup draft that I talked about in the Sonic Truth show. But there just happened to be one guy that didn't realize that he was on ESPN and that th- there was a bunch of killers and he was just yapping. And it was it was uh, it made for great content. I was like, man, this guy's annoying. This guy's <laughs> touting his picks. This guy's belittling other people. Th- this is crazy. I haven't seen this in years. But how do we how do we how do we, how can we turn this into content? And I was like, man, I got to I got to talk about this on the show. So I was I, I, it, it ended up being a blessing that we were able to to kind of dig into this uh, this rhino character uh, on, on the show. And, uh, and and I even I even warned Jax Falcone before I said, hey, listen, I'm going to talk about this guy on the show. Right. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to explain what he's doing. Uh, I'm not thrilled with the whole experience with this guy. So just letting you know in advance. And he responded and he said, get him. So <laughs> to me, I was like, all right, so I've, I've covered all my bases. And I also at the beginning give the cap tip to the undroppables. I was like, I love the undroppables. No, uh, uh, no disparagement of these guys. We love these guys, but there is this one guy that we do need to talk about. So I, I think, and then then it was cool to see the undroppables retweet the link to the show. So that was all good. It ended up being a, a great bit, I thought. Oh, it was fantastic! Yeah. So there's always that guy, Jonathan. What are, what are your, some of your tips as you're entering in a startup? And keep in mind, like Matt said, and I forget this sometimes too. Like I'm in, I'm a sicko. Like I'm in 20 <laughs> leagues. So some people might not know what the rule, like what the un told rules of dynasty are entering a startup. So what, how can people set themselves up for success before the draft even starts? What are some of your tips, Jonathan? Yeah. So what I would say in uh podfather, you said it best. Like if you're in a high stakes league, it's probably best not to put a bunch of jokes, put a bunch of memes, but if it's like, you know, a $10, $20 league, have fun, you know, go for it. Go wild. Like I'm pretty chill about it. Um, the thing that bugs me in which you were mentioning was the on the clock thing. If you make your pick and the next guy's up and you say, Hey, Seth, you're on the clock. I think once is enough. This whole like two hours later, whatever. Listen, the draft is, I just did a draft where the commissioner had the picks. It was a rookie draft, thankfully. And it was 24 hours for a pick. Wait, what? 24 hours. It was wild. That's, yeah, that's how much time is in a four day. hours. Yeah, four. Uh, yeah, four is. I like. The I good like number. a four-hour clock because yeah. if, if you think you're going to be unavailable during that time, and you know during the day, and then yes, it's shut off from like midnight to six o'clock. Yeah, the next day. But if you don't, if you if you think you're going to be unavailable, that's okay. Set your queue. They have a queue. If there wasn't a queue, I would understand it. But there's a queue. When I was going to Greece, I set my queue. wasn't a big deal. And in fact, what I did was. Just to turn the knife on this whole OTC business, I decided to set my queue last night, and uh, I drained the entire clock down to five seconds to go before making my pick. <laughs> so the big question now is, do I keep doing that just just out of spite, or do I think I think what I'm going to do? I made my point. I did it once. 
just to prove that, hey, I can do this every round if you guys want to keep hitting me with OTC. The chat is in the app. So if I'm reading OTC, I know I'm on the clock. <laughs> it would be different if you were texting me, right, or emailing me. Well, that's something else. Like, we have a commissioner in these patron leagues, and he actually emails. His name's Josh Malone. He's great, right? Yep. He emails people when they're on the clock, when they're about to expire, like 30 seconds or 30, no, 30 minutes to go, right? He'll email them. That's helpful. That's actually helpful. Hey, by the way, 30 minutes to go. And he's doing it out of respect for you because he doesn't want you to time out. These OTC people are doing it for them. It's because they want to coerce you into picking faster because they want to pick. It's not about you. It's about them. It's clearly about them. That's the difference. Yeah. And uh, one other thing I just wanted to add on to is the whole, if you, if a trade gets posted, there's always the guy that says, Oh, he got fleeced. No, come on, dude. Like, if you got fleeced, everybody knew it. It's not that big of a deal. And I would just leave. Remember, you know, we're here to win championships, but maybe, just maybe, the real championships we win are the friends we make along the way. People forget there that it, it, it is indeed a game, you know? Yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's yeah. a fake game that people, you know, have lives outside of. Slow drafts are going to be slow, so don't be the person that that complains that a slow draft is is taking slow. Join a fast draft. Isn't it May right now? It is May. Yeah, I feel like it's May. Last time I checked, I looked at the calendar. It's May. There's no way any draft is is going to not be finished by the start of the season. So what's the what's the big deal? Yeah. Do you have 75 more days? Yeah, you do. We're good. We're we're good. We're going to make it. Well, that's the thing. If it's the one league that you're in and you're fixated on it, this is what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, I, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot there. I, what I do every startup, at least I try because I'm in a lot of leagues. If it's sleeper, it's really easy to direct message somebody within the app. And so what I hardly ever post in the group chat, unless, you know, we're, it's just a bunch of buddies in there and we're just shooting the breeze or whatever. I try to open a direct message to just about everybody in the league and say, Hey, I'm an, I'm an active owner. My name's Seth. Nice to meet you. Um, and open up that line of communication. So if they're on the clock and they've got a pick that I want, or if I want to trade down, they can, they you know, I can post that in the group chat and maybe Dude, you're a really good a player. Message. That's a well, really smart to, thing to do. Well, that's I, yeah. you're taking it seriously. Yeah. And you're it, you're it actually also, here to win. You're here to make the, 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 uh, the best possible moves that person's more likely to reach out to you than anyone else to make a deal. Exactly. Exactly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And another, the other tip I would give, since the Podfather's on here, you got to get this book too, right here, the Dynasty Dominator, and you got to get the app. It's one of the, the best reloaded books. edition is much better than the old edition. Yeah. So, oh, we, wow, Matt, where's yeah. your copy? Hey, hey, Matt, where's yours? <laughs> it's, at my, it's at my dad's house. Oh, oh, my dad's house. Oh, it was a, 
maybe maybe Matt's dad sometimes pops in the chat. Maybe he can confirm that Matt Babbage actually has a copy. This of is the bad. Dynasty, I didn't remind Dynasty him about the, the show today. So did he find Did he find the show on his own this week? We will We will find out. I don't think so. It, Your dad he jumps in the chat. That's really cool. My yeah, dad my doesn't dad. know what a podcast is. Shout out to my dad. He's awesome. He he's he's supported me since I I started as a contributor here. So he's great. Um, got in the Dynasty Dominator book. He he has the app. He watches you know different player profiler streams, and he's gotten a lot sharper because of it. Are you serious? Yeah, dead serious. Wait, what is it? What is it? What is he? What does he think of me? Eccentric. We're you know you know he. <laughs> I, I I preface it. I was like you know it's because I I went through the same thing when I first met you. I was like this guy's kind of. My friend's like, it's a bit, it's a bit like he's, he's not, you know, um, I think he, I think he likes you. I would think, you know, you, you employ me. So uh, I don't know. Give man. me opportunity. That, that was not a ring endorsement of any, of any kind. Matt okay. Babbage's dad is still lukewarm on the bod, brother. That's the official, that's the official announcement. <laughs> don't take right, this we... the wrong way, but we don't have conversations about you necessarily. I'm not like, what do you think about Matt? You know, like, do you, would you want to be his he's friend? Not, I'm sure he's brought up, hey, that guy that yells all the time. What's his problem? I'm sure he said that. Yes, all right. We, got, yes, we do have a question. Of course he did. We can hit real quick in the chat. Would you trade number two and number seven for the 101 and get Bijan? No. I wouldn't. Super flex? No. If, if Normal, it is super flex, if it is super not. flex, I would say no. If it's, if it isn't super flex, I would probably. And it just depends on your roster because Bijan feels yeah. like a win now piece, doesn't he? If you're set to win now, I'd go for it. But if it's super flex, it's hard to like that's Anthony Richardson and Jordan Addison. That's two big yeah. pieces. I think yeah. I'd go the two and the seven in super flex, guys. I think so too. I think that's a good. Yeah. One. Yeah. That's Anthony Richardson yeah. and Jordan Addison. That's exactly who I was thinking I would get. I just got Jordan Addison in a rookie draft and I was thrilled. It feels great. It feels so good when you get Jordan Addison mm. in a rookie I draft. I couldn't believe it because I've been stuck because I've been drafting it in the second half of these rookie drafts because my teams are always doing well. And um, I'm always hopeful that I could maybe get Addison. And then I always get stuck with Dalton Kincaid. Right. And then all of a sudden I'm looking up and like, there goes Quentin Johnston. There goes Dalton Kincaid. And I'm like, wait a second. I think I might. I think I'm going to get Jordan Addison. Like, there goes Will Levis. Oh, shit. I just got Jordan Addison. Like, it was awesome. It was great. It was such a rare thing. I did. I had no idea. It was such a what a gift. So dominant at Pittsburgh. So, so dominant. You could argue that he kind of made Kenny Pickett. Right. Though, I I would say Kenny Pickett is uh, a quality quarterback in his own right. And he is an interesting, I would say very interesting dynasty asset right now, given that most people do not believe that Kenny Pickett is any good. And that, like, because he wasn't super efficient in his rookie year with one of the worst offensive lines in the sport, that that must be who he is. Even though Peyton Manning had an awful rookie year, even though Trevor Lawrence was bad in his rookie year. I mean, go down the list of, of the quarterbacks that were bad. I mean, Jared Goff was was a, a total embarrassment, right? And now we're talking about Jared Goff being like a like a great sort of a value pick, right? Think about it. Think about the value pick that Jared Goff is. Well, I remember after Jared Goff's rookie year, like he was a total bust. That was the that was yeah. the verdict on Jared Goff. So there's a the, we have we have years to go to evaluate Kenny Pickett and see what he's ultimately going to be. I know he has the small hands. 
that is the biggest concern with Kenny Pickett is the small hands. If he, if Kenny Pickett had average hands, I would be so bullish. I would be, he would be my number one target. The small hands, I, I, it's, with the with the two gloves. I mean, it's just not like it. You definitely hate seeing a guy with absolute bottom percentile hand size. If a guy has the the smallest hands in the history of the position, and there is some correlation between uh, efficiency and hand size, especially in cold weather, and he's in Pittsburgh, then uh, feel free to be concerned. But Pittsburgh has been known as a, a pretty sound evaluator of talent. Like they're they're at least top ten in terms of just player evaluation. You would say the Pittsburgh's top five, at least top ten, right? Oh yeah, they had a great draft this year. For sure. Yes. Incredible draft, right? And, yeah, and what do they do? They Jones. bolster the offensive line. Yeah, that's what they no. needed to do. They they drafted a left tackle or right tackle, depending um, on what they want to do. But yeah, it's uh, so yeah. Broderick Jones, six five, three eleven. Uh, he's 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 gonna be left tackle. Okay, uh, and he also runs a sub four uh, a five zero forty, right? And plays basketball. So that guy apparently. that guy runs a he runs a sub five zero forty. That guy's faster than I am. You know, the guy's yeah. an incredible athlete, and I'm excited to see what Kenny Pickett can do with a little more pass protection and more rapport built with both Deontay Johnson, but especially George Pickens. So I think there's reason to be hopeful, especially in that division, given that, you know, they're going to be behind a lot and there's going to be a lot of high scoring games and they don't necessarily have like a top defense. I know they drafted Porter and they did a good job drafting defense and off and offensive line. And they, they did a great draft. They, they went with a lot of chalk, chalk moves uh, with right position, right round, right pick, uh, which is all you need to do to have like a top five draft. All you need to do is just draft the right position in the right round. That's all right. Or if a guy is slipping to you for no reason, you just draft that guy like Christian Gonzalez. The Patriots had a good draft just because they just took the guy that dropped to him. They didn't, they didn't overthink it. Um, so I, in this, in the startup that we talked about, I did draft Kenny Pickett as my uh, third quarterback in Superflex. That's perfect. Yeah. I Great. think that's, that's a good move. I like drafting a quality third quarterback in Superflex dynasty leagues. I almost always do that. I'm usually one of the first two or three people to draft their third quarterback. How about you guys? Oh yeah, I don't. I don't think you can really leave a superflex draft, especially a superflex draft with less than three quality starters. That's what. That's one of my rules. If I had a rule, oh, I like that rule. For, I've learned for, that the hard for way. Superflex, for superflex, because I I remember my first my first startup. You know, you get you know Patrick Mahomes or you get Josh Allen. You get an, an elite quarterback, and then I forgot about it, and pretty soon I'm staring Teddy Bridgewater right in the face. Back when he was a starter, but as your number two quarterback, even if even when you have Patrick Mahomes, I mean, just not having that quality number two at least with the with the floor or the ceiling rather of a QB one of a low end QB one that just kind of minimizes the potential of your starting lineup in a super flex league and in a tight like in some of your leagues, Matt, are two tight end tight end premium. Oh yeah, I think it's the same thing with tight ends in those particular formats. Like, I need at least two starters, probably three, at least three, I would say, in those formats. Yeah, I what recently you, double tapped tight end, uh, first and second round. I went Kincaid Mayer, and that was yeah. uh, that was just a rare thing. Like, you know, getting Jordan Addison at the one ten in a super flex rookie draft is just a rare thing. Things have to break your way at the one ten, one eleven. To actually to, for Jordan Addison to slip there is just a rare thing. 
and anyone that's able to double tap Kincaid Mayer, woo, right? That's mm, any yeah. kind of tight end premium. That's a that's a, that's also a rare feat. So that was cool. Uh, do you guys do you guys agree? Uh, you, you go early early quarter. So I can I can tell you that uh, I drafted Kenny Pickett in round seven. So I started Burrow at what the one hundred four, Murray at the two hundred nine because I'm I'm in productive struggle, and then Kenny Pickett was the pick after Trey Lance and a couple picks before Jared Goff in at the 709. Was that good value on Pickett? Yeah, definitely. It's good value on Pickett, especially when I'm trying to run an ad after this, but if you, I just looked at Kenny Pickett's accuracy metrics and that makes me very interested on this whole, he's not very good thing because he was number two in catchable pass rate, led the league in deep ball and pressured catchable pass rate, top 10 deep ball pressured completion percentage. 15th in overall accuracy rating the accuracy metrics are there he did it with a mediocre supporting cast i don't know if anyone's in shock and awe over the talent of deontay johnson and george pickens and and pat fryermuth so facing a facing the 90 percent of his dropbacks where he's getting pressured in three or more seconds i think that's that's showing signs you know his td rate his td rate was 1.8 he had the lowest td rate that's why had he had more fantasy points just pure fantasy point scoring, we wouldn't be having this conversation. His differential between expected fantasy points and actual fantasy points was a chasm. It was a difference of 3.3. So his actual fantasy points per game was 12.2. His expected fantasy points per game was 15.6. You're not going to find a bigger differential, and that's just based on the variance of touchdown scoring. His touchdown scoring is going to go way up. Both passing touchdowns, and rushing touchdowns. He had three rushing touchdowns last year. The, Kenny Pickett screams five touchdowns rushing a year. He is, if there's a guy that I could write down four to five touchdowns rushing per year, it's Kenny Pickett. He is absolutely going to call his number or they're going to call a rollout on the four-yard line and he's going to tuck it and run. You know it. I know it. Everybody knows yeah. it. So why is no one drafting this guy? I mean, he on playerprofiler.com, you can go look at this and you can see that Kenny Pickett has above average burst, like 83rd percentile burst for a quarterback. So yeah, he's sneaky athletic and sneaky mobile. And so I that's mean, when you watch him for. play, it's and not sneaky was, at all. Yeah, it's I mean, pure. Like he's yeah. clear, he's clearly a Konami QB. And the fact yeah. you can get a guy a Konami QB in the same round where a pocket passer like Jared Goff is going, and it's like Jared Goff's weapons aren't better than Pickett's. You know that, right? Goff has Amon Ross St. Brown, <laughs> but for the first five weeks, that's all he has. I'm on Ross St. Brown and Jameer Gibbs. If Jamison Williams is that guy that we thought would, that he showed at Ohio State, then okay. In the second half of the season, Goff's weapons will be better. But I'm expecting a step up from George Pickens. I think it'd be better against zone coverage, especially when they have more time to throw and these corners can't jump the routes. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about the the uh, the Steelers for all the reasons we talked about. Absolutely. We are going to run an ad real quick. Don't go anywhere, everybody, because we're going to talk more dynasty with the pod father. But this is a message from the pod father, which I don't know if it's going to be. Well, you, you don't call it ads. an ad. Just say, hey, before we go to the next topic, listen to the just listen to what the pod father has to say about about, about, you know, tool X or 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 product product Y. All right. It's not Don't an go anywhere. Listen, not listen, an to, what the, is, listen a, to what the listen to what the Podfather. This is an uh, informative segment from the Podfather. This is an informative segment from the Podfather. 
Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. And one of our key missions is to make as much statistics and information and deep analysis available on playerprofiler.com for free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible. If you can't do All In, that's okay. We have a draft kit. We can just subscribe to the player rankings. Those now include tight end premium FFPC ranks. Our brand new data analysis package will blow your hair back. And of course, there's our Dynasty Deluxe and our DFS Dominator. Take a moment, check out our premium services to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show. And we are we are back from the informative segment. Now, nobody is as transparent as player profiler. Would 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 I trade Lance for Pickett? In Superflex, absolutely. So this is the I wanted to put this up on the screen because this is a great question. In a single quarterback dynasty league, I'd much prefer Lance because I'm just all I care about is the upside. You can always go to the waiver wire and get guys mm-hmm. like Jared Goff. Like they're available in single quarterback leagues. It you know most teams will carry two quarterbacks, but it, it you can also always draft a quarterback in the second round over a receiver that'll likely bust anyway. So you might as well go for it at quarterback. So you'll notice that one of the great things about our dynasty rankings is when you go to the single quarterback rankings, Lance is higher. When you flip it to Superflex, suddenly Lance is below Pickett because there's a hell of a lot more at stake in Superflex. And you can't just go to the waiver wire and churn and, and stream quarterbacks. It doesn't work that way. So if there is no waiver wire options at quarterback, then you need to uh, care more about the stability and the floor of the quarterback than the ceiling. And pff, Trey Lance is terrifying, right? His floor is, yeah. is, is like below the earth. So you don't, don't want to typically draft try there's no way i'll get any trey lance in a super flex or two quarterback league it's just too risky even as my third quarterback because the problem is i'm drafting that third quarterback for additional stability i'm not drafting that third quarterback for upside like i think that's an important note right most most years you're going to have a matthew stafford go down with injury you're going to have a kyler murray tear an acl most years one of your quarterbacks is going to miss time that's why you have that third quarterback it's not to it's not to to chase rainbows no i absolutely uh matt we were we're going to continue this dynasty conversation uh matt what what's the next question there on the sheet yes sir so we are always open here at player profile about the real life decisions we make in leagues we're talking about it now you'll hear it on other shows theo greminger has an article series breaking down the real life moves that he makes in dynasty so, Jonathan, we'll start with you. What is your go-to dynasty startup strategy, and what are some players that you've been consistently targeting in, in startups and rookie drafts? Yeah, so for me, the, my number one rule is I love trading, even if it cripples me for a season, I love getting two top eight quarterbacks. I will do what I can no matter what. To, if I could leave with Burrow and Hurts, something like that, I will – I will make sure Burrow, it hurts. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. I, I, I really will. Even if I end up having to start Nelson Aguilar in my flex, like I will make it happen. 
um, because the replaceability value there, there's always going to be a backup running back that emerges from a backfield. There's always going to be, you know, the slot guy that nobody talks about that comes out of nowhere. Uh, you know, you're going to see those values and they're all going to come up. So I'm willing to, even if it, I don't want to say productive struggle because it's not exactly that, but if you can have, you know, two anchor quarterbacks that just gives you a focus where you're just looking at flex guys you know, I usually end up getting a tight end unless it's two point tight end premium or start two tight ends. Like you mentioned earlier, um, I'm usually getting a tight end around, around 10, nine, 10, 11, somewhere around there. Uh, usually you can, I've noticed you can Trey McBride's been falling a lot. I think people forgotten about him. That's a guy that I kind of would tend to gravitate toward too. Cause I think people forgotten about him right now. Yeah. In the startup, I thought Trey McBride was a good value. Um, that I'm in, so I'm looking at the uh, looking at the at the board here, I'm noticing Brian Robinson going two rounds ahead of uh, Antonio Gibson. <laughs> so that yeah, that always jumps a... out at me. Yeah. Uh, yeah so it, Trey McBride was a, a mid twelfth round pick, and I got Dulcich in the mid tenth round, and Chig went uh, uh, Chig Okonkwo. He went eleventh round. So that that's 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 what we're looking at. We're looking at you know, round round ten. That's where that's where you're going to go for Dulcich. I think Dulcich has a higher floor and a higher ceiling than uh, McBride. He had a, a you know multiple eight target games. You know, in the few games he did play, he was a target magnet last year. I think they were, they had similar. He and McBride had similar draft capital. I think that mm-hmm. it's just been clear that Dulcich is better. And Chig was even more efficient than Dulcich but just wasn't quite as productive, wasn't commanding the targets because of such a low volume offense. The offense is a concern. And so those are the, those are the three guys. And I think in successive rounds, you can just keep going back and trying to get one of those three guys. And, but, but I think you're right that the, the firewall is McBride because after McBride, it's Dawson Knox, Luke Schoonmaker, Isaiah likely it's players you don't want. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree with Jonathan. Like, and I know I know it's really hard to. I mean, you kind of have to get lucky. You have to kind of have to get allocated one of those top five picks. But yeah. if you can, and I've heard Scott Connor talk about this before, is like he's willing to go up just about you know his second round pick in the startup, third round, fourth round, as long as he doesn't have to give up a future first round pick, he'd be willing to do that to go up into the top five and approach that owner. I think I would too. If you can yeah. have, if if that's possible for you to go burrow and hurts, I know uh, we got the the mad scientist who was just on the uh, the player profiler today. Uh, it, it is possible. It's tough. It's really hard to do that. Um, but once you get outside a certain tier at quarterback, it's it, it gets really tough. I I was lucky in a startup. I got Dak at the one twelve, and then I double tap quarterback. I got Dak and Deshaun Watson at the two hundred one. Uh, I felt great. pretty comfortable doing that. Um, so. But a lot of times those quarterbacks get scooped up, especially if you're in a sharp super flex league. So I have no problem with that. I tend to try to. I started out in early in my, you know, dynasty journey, like being oh trade back, didn't really have a plan, and now I'm much more calculated. I've talked about this on the show before. I'm much more year one. I'm going for it. I am drafting younger players. I'm following. You know, I'm using player profiler as my guide, but. Tight end is, is a position 
that I continually push off because I can get a Chigakonkwu. I think I got him in the 11th round in the startup that I did. I think that's perfect. That's where he goes. I think he's, that's, that's, that, he, I think you could slot him in as a, in as a starting tight end. One on of the most roster. efficient rookie years for a tight end of all time. Yeah, and if you're, you know, and Kyle Pitts, and we'll talk about him later on, he's really scary to me with that Falcons offense. I know he's the most athletic tight end we've probably ever seen, but he scares me where he goes in Dynasty. I know he's young, so we get these guys for their entire careers. But if, I, if I'm going for that one- or two-year window, I'm pushing tight end down the board. That's just kind of what I'm doing because I'm getting those quarterbacks. I want to draft quarterback high, and that leaves me with – not too many options, so I the tight end is a position that I feel like I can get some good value later on. What about you, Matt? Yeah. Uh, oh, which Matt? Matt Babbage. Uh, Matt Babbage, yeah. Yeah, we, we say it every year with the tight ends. It, it comes up every time, right? If you're not top three, then you're basically as good as, you know, anywhere in the top 20. It's just throw mm-hmm. a dart week to week. So unless you're investing on a surefire asset that's a top three, if you're win now and can afford, you know, Andrews and Kelsey, go for it. Pitts, uh, I – I have my opinions that we'll we'll talk about, but past that, it, it's kind of a dead zone, so to speak. And when you can get people like Trey McBride, who's a good value all the way at tight end 18 in a dynasty or Cole Komet, who doesn't necessarily, he doesn't have anyone at tight end competing for snaps. And we saw what he was capable of doing last year, you know, even with a, with a high touchdown rate. So he's going to be involved in that offense. There are options way down from 15 to 20 that are, essentially just as good as as taking a David and Joku right now. So uh, tight ends isn't isn't really my concern, and it's the quarterbacks, right? And so I think the firewall is closer to QB 10, 11, where, where you need to, to leave one out. Um, you start looking at Anthony Richardson, Deshaun Watson at, at 11, 12. I'm comfortable with with rolling one of those two out as my QB two, depending on depending on what my, my setup is. I could even go – CJ Stroud through Daniel Jones, who I think is undervalued mm-hmm. right now. Um, so QB is the firewall. I'm not necessarily trying to go top eight every time, but I am trying to secure that right away. And then like Matt said, getting that third quarterback is, is the, I haven't done that in the past. And that is why most of my Superflex dynasty teams have been in kind of a struggle. Cause if you miss on your QB two, then you're, you're screwed. You don't have a QB two. You don't have a QB three. You're in a one, you have one quarterback and then you're going to spend every year trying to draft yeah. And, and get back in it or or hand over the farm and, and it just puts you in a really bad situation so and super flex establishing the the quarterback is is key now did, did you, what do you guys think of murray at the 209 i don't mind it but i i know yeah. people are out on kyler i think he's why are they out on kyler season. well i don't know because he's not going to play this year much and then he's well, going to go to another team and and that that scares people it's the unknown he's perfect for the build uh he's perfect for taking the year building your team up he's perfect for that because arizona you know we talk about who won and who lost the draft they had kind of a sneaky good draft for what they're going to do they they, they were able to accrue picks they moved around they got an offensive lineman That's a great i think point. kyler's a good buy I, or excuse me a good uh not a good buy maybe a good buy but he's perfect for someone who they may not win this year but they're going for it next year. He's perfect. Yeah, I mean, uh, they, they they drafted Paris Johnson. And that was perfect. Yeah, that's it, Paris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, and and the, by the way, uh, Kyler Murray signed an extension with the uh, the Cardinals. He's there through at least twenty twenty eight. Yeah. So I mean, five years, two hundred and thirty million dollars. So uh, I didn't even. Why are so many people talking about? 
Why are so many people talking about Caleb Williams then to the Cardinals next year? If this is if this is the case, I didn't I didn't really wasn't really thinking about the extension. Well, they're they're thinking maybe they could trade him. They're must assuming they're 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 assuming they could yeah. trade him. So Kyler Murray, and then the next pick after Kyler Murray in this startup was Tua Tungabeloa. Now Tua to me is terrifying because he had to have a conversation with his family in the offseason about whether he's going to keep playing. So for that reason, I wouldn't invest in Tua in a two quarterbacks. It's almost like Trey Lance. Yeah. Right. It's, he's almost like Trey Lance in that the, the risk is terrifying, but the upside is great with the weapons that he has. Right. And someone in the in the in the chat, the fantasy plumber is saying no one's ever going to going to trade you. Uh, Kenny Pickett for Trey Lance and in single quarter, this guy should be in more single quarterback leagues because that, absolutely. And I'm in a super flex league and I just got done talking about how Trey Lance went the pick prior. So I'm literally in even a super flex format. Trey Lance sometimes goes before and you know why people are doing it. They're doing it because they're chasing that rainbow with their QB three. You understand the logic. I don't agree with the logic. I certainly wouldn't be drafting Tua in the second round. Uh, no, that's such a scary pick. I just am too scared. I'm, I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm a coward. That's why I won't do it. I won't do it. No way. No way. So, well, I mean, I would, I would yeah. much rather take my chances with Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, yeah. than do that. Uh, but probably I would just, I would just, I would do the ultimate coward move and I would just, I would just pff, default back to Kirk Cousins and just run and hide and put my, <laughs> you know, put my hand in my, uh, put my hands over my face and, and hope no one notices or recognizes me. <laughs> You know, just in yeah. shame, just like, hey, I did the cousins thing again. Not sorry. Right. Ugh. So that's my only regret, by the way. I've only traded a, a, a quarter. My my biggest regret in terms of super flex trades recently was trading away Kirk Cousins, thinking I was super strong at quarterback. Wrong. Fell apart. Right. Yeah. And because I because I really wanted Bateman, it was a package and I was getting Bateman and a first rounder and something else. And I was like, wow, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, whoops, whoops, Amen. whoops. So in that league, what I'm doing to, to try to stop the bleeding at quarterback, I have Tannehill. So I did. That's the one league where I do have Will Levis. The only time I would ever draft Will Levis in a in a in a in, in a dynasty league super flex excuse me i'm happy to draft will levis in a single quarterback again you're just shooting for upside but again when when you when stability is paramount the only time that i would consider levis and the only time i've ever drafted him is when i have Tannehill. that's it yeah i have uh speaking of rookies we just wrapped up these rookie drafts and i put out a tweet earlier today I was going through uh, 23 teams, 23 rookie drafts. I came away the most owned player. Do you guys want to guess who my most owned player is? Roshan Johnson. Oh, wait. Okay. Rookie drafts or just across all your teams? Evan right? Hall. R rookie drafts. Good Evan guess. Hall. I think Evan Hall was number three. I think I remember. I think Should I saw be Evan Hall. Michael Wilson was my – I had 10. I had mm, 10, I Michael Wilsons. 10 Michael Wilson. 10 Michael Wilson. Michael Wilson. Was Evan Hall available when you were drafting Wilson? No. He okay. Was, I was getting him in the fourth round, Michael Wilson. Jesus, which used, really? I, yeah, like late third, wow. fourth round. Was was uh, Dwayne McBride available? That see, that's a better, that's a good question. I'd I'd have to go back and look, but I have some Dwayne McBride too. But 
10 I, I, and I you typically I like to draft those running backs I know in the third fourth round that's typically a smart play but Michael Wilson man I just there, there's something about him that in that fourth in that fourth round I just I just couldn't say no I just couldn't say no to to Michael Wilson so what Podfather what what are some of your most owned ru- rookies I know you're not, you don't have any uh what's the name the the banana eating guy you don't have any of him uh but what are some other rookies that you have <sighs> Yeah, so my my uh, my most rostered uh, players are you know we admittedly we have Michael Wilson with more a higher lifetime value rating uh, on the rankings than Dwayne McBride and Evan Hull. It's just that when I'm in a rookie draft, I'm just I feel better about drafting a running back. But in a start, it's weird in a startup. I might I might actually go Michael Wilson, but. I'm so wired to just in the third, fourth, and fifth rounds. I've been so burned by wide receivers I've drafted. Think about the wide receivers I've drafted. I, I remember I, at one point I talked myself into Anthony Schwartz, mm. right in the third round. I can think of all these receivers I've talked myself. Nico Collins, Nico Collins, right. And yep. <clears throat> typically, what what the guy I was considering at running back would have been like a Khalil Herbert, mm-hmm. you know. And then I'm regretting it. So. I am just I'm I'm super paranoid, which is why I always default back to Hull and McBride. They're my two highest. They're my two by far and away by most rostered guys in rookie drafts. But I do think Michael Wilson is third because in in any league where I do need receiver, he's the one non running back in the round three, four, five that I have to push the button on when he is there in the fourth round. I got to get him because he's underrated. He's a day two pick. He's got. The ideal sort of Roddy White size. He was super impressive at the Senior Bowl, both in drills and, and in the team drills, but in individual drills as well. Sorry, gotcha. there was, was a cough. There was a cough there. No, uh, sounds, yeah, no, no, no worries. Uh, yeah. So uh, another thing about Michael Wilson too is he's probably a stash because who knows about Kyler Murray. But I think he's going to be a really good stash to have, um, especially if like you're getting him in the fourth round. I just Marquise I, Brown I, is in the last year of his deal. DeAndre yeah. Hopkins won't even last the season. That's what. Yeah, I was going. So we're going to look up DeAndre at the Hopkins. next year. It's yeah. going to be Rondale Moore and Michael Wilson until they draft someone or sign someone. Exactly. Exactly. And then Kyler Murray is going to be 100 percent healthy. You know, two mm-hmm. years from now, and Michael Wilson has a chance to be featured. We don't know. We like the player. We like the prospect, but it's, you got a good chance at fourth round. I just, again and again, I kept seeing him there in the fourth round. I just couldn't say no. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's best comparable to Josh Palmer and that's what you're hoping for with a third round pick. You're hoping yeah. for a Josh Palmer. You're hoping for a Deontay Johnson. Yeah. I don't necessarily, but he also has uh, some, some similarities to even uh, Terry McLaurin. He doesn't have the blazing speed, but he does have the upper percentile athleticism across the board. He was 13th out of 73 receivers in athleticism score, partly because he's so big mm-hmm. and he's so handsome. I mean, my <laughs> God. I mean, this is – I have to admit that there's a bias there where I'm like, geez, yeah, I mean, man, like you are magnetic. The same thing happened with Michael Pittman. Like, if there's a, a guy named Michael at the Senior Bowl at playing wide receiver, he's probably super handsome and, like, magnetic looking. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, my God, look at you. 
Yeah, and Chris Olave too. Same deal. Um, but us, you know, affection. The guy that hasn't played more than six games. So I mean, he had four hundred and eighteen yards in six games. He had forty targets in six games, guys. Think about that. Yeah. So he was averaging more than six targets a game in college. So this is where you get value. The way you get value is a guy that doesn't have a full season in which you can evaluate, but he did enough in drills. He did enough at the senior bowl where the NFL was convinced we got to draft this guy in the third round. So he is the only guy I would even consider in those later rounds at wide receiver, maybe very late. Once McBride and Hall are long gone, I could consider Trey Palmer just based on just chasing the speed, chasing the four, three, three wheels. That's it. Yep, that's John, Jonathan. What about you, man? What are some of the rookies that you wound up with in your rookie drafts? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna give a late round receiver that y'all haven't said yet, which either makes me feel really smart or really dumb. Um, uh, Puka Nakua. Um, he went to a wide open death chart where there's only Cooper Cup. Ben Skoranek isn't scaring me away. Neither is Van Jefferson. He uh, he's a great run blocker, so you know I think the coaching staff's going to love it. Get him on the field quicker, and most importantly, and Matt Babich, you mentioned this earlier. You talked about how Caleb Williams was headed to the Cardinals. I feel like he's going to be a Ram next year. I feel like the Rams might be the worst team and they own that pick. So I kind of like the second year bump. So that's that was my late round receiver dart throw that I kept going after. Yeah, thankfully, athleticism isn't as predictive uh, for receivers as running backs because, oh, my God, it's he's, he's such an enigma wide receiver. The fact that he had such an incredible yards per reception with no athleticism was just bizarre. It was bizarre. He's a bizarre player. And the NFL didn't know what to do with him either. They just said, hey, we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna draft him in the fifth round. Who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think about Cedric Tillman? Because I feel like a lot about what you just said about Michael Wilson, because I was looking at his player page when you said 40 targets and 400 and something receiving yards through six games. And that's exactly what happened to Cedric Tillman in 2022. And he had a 64 reception and thousand yard season before that. There's yeah, no, I mean, that's there's no, certain he's just Elijah going around before what Wilson is. That's true. The cost is higher. So yeah, I can't, I can't, I, I, I'm not going to get any of him because I'm going to go, Evan Hall. I mean, you guys know Evan Hall is like 210 with, you know, upper percentile athleticism across the board and, and like a, a, a 90 catch season. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. And it's scary for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's and not no, good for Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor's receptions are going to go down. His targets are going to go down with Evan Hall. Evan Hall is the real deal, man. He did struggle in, in pass pro at the senior bowl. That was it though. And he, you know, he clearly, his effort level was incredible. It's just that, you know, other than Roshan Johnson, most of the running backs were getting eaten up um, in, in, in pass pro. So he's going to be flaring out of the backfield and, and he can run between the tackles. He has the size. So he, he could be the Aaron Jones from this class. It's, it's exciting, man. It really is exciting. Oh yeah, I think I think I wound up out of twenty three leagues six Evan Hole shares. I was I was thrilled with that. He's I think number two or number three behind Michael Wilson. But we have about ten minutes left, and then we gotta get off the air for the um, the Goat District fella. So stay tuned for them. So we're just gonna do we're just gonna throw it out to the round table, buy or sell. Um, and the first and and we're gonna use some of these keep trade cut 
uh, values because a lot of people go there and they vote on these things. So we call this actually love them or list them because I made the quote on here um, and I, I try to make this a bear show so I all the time, which really annoys Matt uh, Babbage. And I brought up the fact that, you know, uh, Joanna Gaines and Chip, the, the NFC North was going to flip. Like the Green Bay Packers and Minnesota Vikings were going to be at the bottom and the Bears and Lions are going to be at the top. And then the Lions kind of screwed up their draft, but they still should be a good team. But anyway, that's why we call this love them or list them. That's my long-winded way of explaining the game, which is basically buy or sell. But the first player we have on here, and he's wide. I can't believe this, honestly. Wide receiver 60 on keep trade cut. Jacoby Myers, are we loving him or listing him? I mean, we have to love this guy, right? You've got to love him. I mean, he is a productive slot receiver attached to a veteran quarterback that wants that first and second. He wants to get the ball out as fast as he can. Uh, Seth, I, I could steal your metrics I saw on the show sheet you had listed out. Uh, you know, he – let me get up here. Yeah, steal yeah. away, Jonathan. Go yeah, ahead, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to rob it here. Yeah, he finished as a wide receiver three in fantasy points per game over the past two seasons, number 29, number 35, number 19 in yards per route run, number 22 in target separation. And we got the new situation, and uh, you've got to love the whole Devontae Adams cryptic tweets thing happening at our cryptic Instagram post right now. So, yeah, I'm buying. Yeah, Why he's not, a good player. Man. He's he's a good player. I, I just I don't <laughs> Why not? He's about to be the number one, and well, yeah. it's gonna be Michael Mayer, but he's about to be the number two uh, receiver behind Michael Mayer soon enough in Las Vegas. I don't think Devontae Adams is gonna be there much longer. Devontae Adams doesn't want to be there. Of course, he doesn't want to yeah. be there. Be careful yeah, what you wish so for, Devontae strange. Adams. So strange. So strange. Yeah, so are... yeah, when you compare the the uh, the voting ADPs on like a keep trade cut to our rankings, you know, anytime you have a guy where the, the differential is more than 10, where we have Myers inside the top 50, then that's, that's, that's a great trade target. Yeah. Yes. And that is a great, that's why we bring up the keep trade cut thing. Cause that's a great exercise to do. If you're subscribed to the player profiler rankings, which you should be is to go to a site like keep trade cut, Look at look at what the voting, like you said, the voting public, and then compare, and then guess what? That player's that player's a value. Um, so the next the next player is, uh, and we kind of talked about him pre-show. Uh, Jordan Love, Jordan Love at QB seventeen. We yeah. we loving him or listing him? There's no place for Jordan Love on any type of roster at that price in Superflex leagues. <laughs> what the hell no, is that about? No place. How, how is that possible? <laughs> Jared, ahead of ahead of Jared Goff, ahead of Kenny Pickett, who we talked about as a as a screaming buy. I don't get it either. I he's never proven anything. Um, the Packers basically begged Aaron Rodgers to come back last year. I don't understand. He didn't prove it in college. He hasn't done anything. Isn't like a 20th percentile college QBR, a low uh, yards per attempt, but that was in his final year. The year prior, he actually played well, but it was at a, it, it was in one of these mountain whack schools. I know they're probably part of the Pac-12 now because there's 17,000 uh, schools now in the Pac-12. It's like the Pac-2000. I understand that, but you know Utah State, right? I mean, in U- Utah State, you you can't post a QBR above 59.8. Right. Utah State competition is is picking you off seventeen times in your final year. 
what's going on? I mean, again, he had the great touchdown interception ratio the previous year, 32 to six, but it was still Utah state. Right. And that season wasn't even that impressive, like 3,500 passing yards. Great. Like you gotta be prolific, man. If you're going to be at Utah state and he wasn't, and he's not a, he's not mobile. Right. So what are we talking about from what you're saying? He must be ahead of Kenny Pickett, right? In the in the keep trade cut he, rankings, he is. He's I think one or two spots ahead of Kenny Pickett. Which that is so silly. Is. That is yeah. so silly on so many levels. He actually has less draft capital. He was drafted later. He's uh, older because he was a senior when he came out. He has less organizational commitment. He has lesser weapons, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, what? Yeah. He has, and he doesn't have, and he doesn't have the rushing ability. That is one of the most irrational dichotomies of two players that I've ever heard. And by the way, this this startup that I've been referencing is a bunch of killers, right? It's Scott Barrett. It's uh, Theo, Jax Falcone, Alan Soslowski, as I talked about. And just to put it in context, Pickett went two rounds before Love in that league. So there's no delusion among, like, good players about what Jordan love is. I, I just have to say this real quick. He's on keep trade cut. He's f- way far ahead of a Geno Smith. What? Kirk cousins, Derek Carr. The Mac yeah. Jones one is what's funny. It's because you look all the way down there. Oh, there's yeah. Mac Jones at 28 and they're like the same age. And the biggest difference uh, between Jordan love and yeah. Mac Jones is that we know that Mac Jones is limited, but good. Yeah. We Jordan love probably stinks. Yeah, we're gonna see I mean, what Jordan Love can do with Romeo Dobbs and you know a second year Christian Watson and a rookie uh, Jaden Reed. I'm I'm not hopeful. I think I think he's interesting. Back when uh when he was assumed to be like a late round guy, I thought he'd be a value. But when he skyrockets up in the ADPs, it's like okay, well that's that's dead. I guess that's over. Yeah, I mean you can make a real case. I think it's going to happen. Like I said, the division's going to get flipped. Joanna Gaines. Uh, it's the Packers are going to be the worst team in that division. And that's going to be largely because of Jordan Love. You look at what the Lions are doing. The Bears may, might not be there yet, but they've added pieces. The Vikings, well, it could be the Vikings because they were the most Fugues team last year, winning all those close games, negative point differential. But the, I don't know if the Packers are going to be that good offensively. Well, the they Packers are going to be defense. bad. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No, I, I – it's the NFC North might be a sneaky shootout division too. looking at some of those defenses, but uh, the next player we have here is uh, at RB 24 on keep trade cut. Uh, Devon a chain. No about that chance. <laughs> no and chance. I could be flat wrong, but do we think he is going to be a guy that hits 60% opportunity share like year after year? Because to me, he seems like he's going to be the guy that struggles to hit 60% opportunity share. And if he can't hit that kind of tear break of, of significant levels of opportunity, where is he going to go from RB24? It, it's a slippery slope. Uh, his value is, is I, we, we prefer Roshan. As we should. Yeah. And then with that, that's yeah. that. you're not going to see that anywhere else. No, but, you, oh, you the landing know? position. Oh, the, the speed. He, he's he's a one-dimensional slasher. And, and it wasn't like he... His the the draft capital is that much different. Thirteenth pick in the fourth round versus twenty first pick in the third round is not a big difference. I'd much rather wait and get a Pacheco, wait and get a Gibson, mm-hmm. wait and get a Dylan, uh, or you know Tajay Spears. It's just ugh, 
Ugh. This this right here. We're gonna we're think, gonna Evan Hall's gonna have a better career. Right. This right here's this right here's the move, I think. Um I agree. I agree with this. A chain's not gonna be good long term. Trade after flash the value. Doesn't yeah. it just feel like there's gonna be a preseason highlight? There's gonna be a week early in the season where a chain's going to break off a huge play. And we all know what happens when that happens. The value goes up for no good reason because of just that single snapshot moment in time. And it feels like, what well, what's the name of the player that I'm trying to think of right now? He played for the lions. He had one highlight in, in camp. Are you actually thinking of it? Is it carry on Johnson? It is carry on Johnson. Thank you very much. That's who I'm thinking of. Cause I remember the cut, right? I remember that cut and that cut probably boosted his vet. Well, did boost his value way too high. Um, so I think there's going to be a moment in time where you're going to want to trade a chain. It, it might be now if he's, I mean, if he's RB 24, I guess it could, I, uh, I'd trade him right now, it's a joke. Uh, it's a joke. but, but just to, just to give you a sense uh, like this, th- these running backs are going to make people like go crazy because like these five in a row, they have Charbonnet at 23, Rashad white at 24, a chain, 25, Pacheco, 26, Mixon 27, Kendra Miller is RB 29. And then Roshan Johnson is RB 35 joke, which, which is crazy. R- Rashad um, white's the most undervalued of all those. I mean, Rashad yeah. white's in a completely different tier to those guys. All right, we we have time for one more, and I have to do this to Matt just to oh, just to do it. Fine. Um, Dave, David Montgomery is RB thirty two on tr- keep trade cut. <laughs> we buying or selling or, or loving or listing David Montgomery? I mean, last last episode, I already claimed my love for Montgomery this season. I mean, and now Jameer already has this mystery ankle. It's like it's contagious from DeAndre Swift to Jameer Gibbs. Contagious ankle condition i don't know but this is the best offense he's been in in his career and that's not a hot take this is the best offense he's going to be in in his career so i'm buying david montgomery spoiler alert we haven't met rb 21 so the the difference between what the market is looking at with david is a ten, again this is this is one of those instances where there's a, a a gap of more than 10 in the rankings so this is a I mean, if you could just go and trade for David Montgomery and Jacoby Myers, that is the move. Trade a chain for David yes. Montgomery and, and Jacoby Myers. That's I bet you could get that exact deal done. Like that's, why, that's why I said it. Yeah, yeah. I, Easy. Seth, Seth, you can't bait me though on this one. You tried to bait me because that 32 is good value. I'm in. I'm in there. I everybody I mean, Everybody hates Dave Montgomery, including you. The show sheet, though, you put top twelve season in the show sheet, and I hope that we can agree. He can't. The only reason, if Jameer Gibbs gets hurt, right, or dies, or pigs fly. Do you know who the the running backs in Detroit are after Jameer Gibbs? So you're so yes, it's Craig Reynolds. Jameer Gibbs, Craig Reynolds. And I just want to hear. If, I just, I just want to hear you say that Jameer, if Jameer Gibbs stays healthy, there's no way in hell that David Montgomery finishes as a top twelve running back, and then we can, we can uh, drop it. Well, what's what's I, Dave, David Montgomery's going to get all the red zone work? Yes, thank you. Yes, right? he, they're not going to hand it to Jameer Gibbs on the three yard line. They're not going to yeah. do that. No, they're not. Jameer and, Gibbs is 199 pounds. That's not happening. They're going to they're going Mon- to motion him out. You know, and 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 when it's a pass play, he might score on a, on a throw. He's going to score on some long runs, but I mean, David Montgomery is going to eat with touchdowns this year. 
that's where David. the value is going to be. There's, there's going to be more receptions than people think, but it's going to be touchdowns, man. He's going to mm-hmm. score a ton. I mean, it's going to be crazy. We're talking about he could score 15 touchdowns. Jamal Williams scored how many last year? 17? I mean, that's I mean, what I'm saying. David and he's Montgomery. Better than he, and he's better in yeah. every phase than Jamal he's 2.0. Williams. 2.0. He's Jamal Williams 2.0. And David Montgomery's done it before with on a bad offense, like terrible They went out and they signed Chicago. him. They went out and they actively signed him to replace Jamal Williams. He yeah. is a good player. He's good at everything except breakaway runs. That's the one yeah. thing he stinks at. And that's yeah. what that's why they have Jameer Gibbs. Fine. Boom. I, I think I, it's going to be 60-40 opportunity share split between those two guys. And it's not, I mean, it's not exactly 60-40. It's going to be something like 52, right, 37 with other, with some QB scrambles and, you know, and some mm-hmm. Craig Reynolds and some re- receiver reverses and all that understood. But, you know, I, I don't like to walk it back, but if he, if it does hit 60-40, then the odds of him reaching top 12 are a lot better than I'm giving him credit for. So I will admit that. Well, the top, I mean, just the touchdowns, man, yep. even if he did, even if he, let's say his opportunity share is 51, right? The touchdowns. It's gonna be it's gonna be on for for David. Mon- I don't even like it. I've never liked David Montgomery, right? But th- in this offense, with a team that wanted him, that actively went out and, and 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 signed him away from the Bears in the in the division, they watch him every year, twice a year. Yeah, and and no. the guy they drafted, it wasn't like they drafted Roshan. They drafted a guy that has no semblance to him. The guy that does the thing that he doesn't do. So that's it's a complimentary piece. He is the ultimate win now running back in dynasty because I I took over an orphan team and I'm trying to trade away my <laughs> veterans and just see what I can get for them, you know, because I'm not winning this year. And, you know, in the process of that, I'm trying to trade away David Montgomery. I don't want to, but he's a win now piece and he's not going to help me right now. So I'm going to see what I can get for him. I could not trade him for a 2023 second round, mid second rounder, because I'm thinking, okay, mid-second rounder, that might be Roshan Johnson, right? And I couldn't do it. I couldn't get it done. So I'm, I'm assuming you should be able to, in a dynasty league, trade a 2024 20, second for David Montgomery. And if you're a win-now team and you need a running back, that's just too perfect. Yeah, I mean, our subscribers are fortunate. They know they can always get Roshan in the second round. They know they can always get Evan Hall. They know they can always get Dwayne McBride. Like, they, you know, they know they can always get Michael Wilson. Like, you're just going to... I ended up getting a lot of the same players like in, in these in the late rounds of rookie drafts. I don't have a distribution. I don't have a portfolio like I'm not worried about overexposure right at all. Like at no point am I like Evan Hall's there and I've drafted him four times in a row here. I'm going to go somewhere else. No, you go right back to it. You go right back to Roshan. You go right back to Hall. You go right yeah. back to these guys. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that's going to do it for us. We got to we got to hop off, but real quick, um, starting with the Podfather, we'll go around the table. Is there anything you got to plug? Any announcements you'd like to make? Um, bold prediction? You have any a bold prediction for the show? I'm out of gas. My bold prediction is that after this show is over, I crash and I fall asleep in two seconds. <laughs> Jonathan? Yeah, uh, just real quick. I just finished the article on fantasy playoff schedules. You can check that to see me complain about bad process and why the Texans aren't going to be the worst run defense again. And just real quick, uh, I do have one bold prediction because everybody was talking about it earlier, and I have to say it now. Um, 
I was doing some re- quick reading, and I noticed this was a tweet from JJ Zacharyson. Uh, during weeks one through eight, the Steelers were 31st in scoring rate per drive, touchdown or field goal, and 32nd in yards per drive. They had their bye week in week nine. Week 10 through 18, they were 7th in scoring rate per drive with a touchdown or field goal and 3rd in yards per drive. The team adds Broderick Johnson at tackle. They sign Isaac Sumalolo. Yes, the guard. That's yes, right. They that's signed it. a guard for like $24 million. He was Yeah, he was a top 10 guard by PFF. He yes. did awesome in Philadelphia. They draft a mauler at tight end, Darnell Washington. Uh, he's just going to crush in the run game. Najee Harris is going to finish as a top five running back this year. I don't know if we're ready for it. Najee Harris, man, I love it. Steelers, guys. Listen, every year I've been fading the Steelers into oblivion. Uh, You know, going back to Ben Roethlisberger's last three years, I was like, this guy is an embarrassment. Last year, I was like, I, you know, they they exceeded expectations. Uh, Now, finally, everyone's off the Steelers and I'm in. Once everyone's out, yeah, I'm in. And back in. Exactly. Speaking of everyone being out and me going back in, uh, well, first of all, my plug, I'm going on vacations. I haven't been working on much, so I'm working on some draft kit stuff. But other than that, my, I'm focusing on the bold prediction here. I was going to go with a running back, too. Uh, I'm not going to be as bold as top five, but this team also made some some offensive line moves. It's the Cincinnati Bengals. They also added – zero significant running back competition and if you want to get hyped on Travion Williams then be my guest because I am going to take Joe Mixon and watch out for another top 10 RB season out of him 60 catches last year yeah Joe Mixon is a a great value right now where he's going in those some of those best ball drafts it's it's crazy like I'm seeing fifth round for him like that's that's nuts um is that all you got Matt Babich Yeah. yeah okay all right see me next week yeah well same time same station next week tune into the writers roundtable 7 p.m central time do yourself a favor go get free dynasty redra any kind of thing you want to get better at is located in the news and article section at playerprofiler.com where you can see jonathan matt and the podfather sign up for the newsletter on the homepage. sign up for the newsletter on the homepage. And if you and if you want a, a way to support us and what we're doing, and you think this is like the best thing you've ever seen, because it is, sign up for the All In package and do not use promo code Maddie because he's winning right now, and he I don't want Maddie to win. I want to win, so use promo code Seth. And that's I know some people are trying to get you to not spell it correctly, which they don't like you very much because then you won't get the promotion. It's S E T H. It's not that hard to spell, Maddie Kiwoom. So use promo code Seth, not Maddie, or use either one. It's fine. Um, but that sign up for the all-in package on playerprofile.com. If you use one of those pro- promo codes or Cody or there's other ones. Hey, I got a bold um, prediction. I got a bold. How about this for a bold prediction? Kenny Pickett, QB9. Ooh, yeah. I like that. Not QB10. Not, not just top 10 QB. QB9. Exactly QB9. QB9. And here's my- Here's my bold prediction. Aaron Rodgers is going to finish outside the top 15 QBs. But you want to know why? Want to know why? As I scramble around for the end screen that I'm going to hit properly this time. Because nobody cares about Aaron Rodgers and he's dust. Bye-bye, everybody. 